I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. How you feeling today, Isaac Harris? I'm feeling pretty good. So we're watching this movie on Netflix right now. We have some friends visiting from out of state, and my mother. Hold on, you're watching it right now. Yeah, while I'm doing this podcast. This is this is you're, no. you're being very rude to your guests. <laughs> Um, and they they actually are still watching right now, but have you ever seen the movie masterminds? Is that like with, master disguise? Like, is that the second one? No, it's, uh, with I Owen Wilson and Zach Galifianakis. I want to be the master of this guy. <laughs> anyway, no, I, yeah, I, I genuinely, uh, like this movie. There's, I'm not a huge comedy movie fan, but this movie is quite hilarious. And now it's going to make all these jokes and. You've never seen it, so never mind. Well, there, anyway, odds are among our audience there there's at least one person that has seen it. So make it make a joke right now that one person that has seen that movie will understand. <laughs> well, no, no. Oh, okay. the <laughs> the funny The funny he part backs out. He backs was, out. Well, the the funny part about it is my mother in law is still here from Brazil, so she her English is pretty good, but she's like my wife still translates some stuff for her. So there's different jokes that happen, and uh, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a lot of things that Zach Galifianakis says, and the tone in which he says them is super funny. At least I think it's funny. So then it's trying to find the Portuguese equivalent to some of these things that he's saying uh, is one of the funniest things and hearing her repeat some of the things it's uh it's <laughs> does, quite does, funny does your wife do like a uh how you say uh yes yes i'm like how do you say this in portuguese like i don't know that's just that's not a saying in brazil <laughs> uh but anyway it's it's fun and uh oh mavs game coming up today against the spurs at home let's go against the spurs uh luka Doncic is going to be questionable in this game uh, or at least he was questionable at practice on Monday or on uh, yeah on Monday, and so uh, we we're not sure if we're gonna see Luca or not against the Spurs, but I'm gonna bet we don't just for precautionary reasons. I don't think it's anything serious. Uh, we didn't even talk about this yesterday, and I didn't even play the clip where he talked about his injury, and he's like he said, "Oh, I, I heard a pop." It, he was just looking for the right English word and he couldn't find yeah. it. So I don't think it was that serious. It's not like he heard something pop in his knee. Uh, they so we didn't even talk. We didn't even talk game. about I mean, it. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. afterwards. Uh, he he got treatment on it right after the game. Uh, he came in, you know, and, and fully dressed into the locker room. Uh, he had already gotten dressed and stuff before. Uh, he went. And then he got his um, his treatment. Came and talked to the media about it after the game. Uh, he was in good spirits and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, it's really simple. At this point in the season, where the Mavericks are at in the standings, uh, the magnitude of Luka Doncic, if there was even remotely worry about it, he wouldn't have came back into that game. <laughs> and uh, he came right back into the game. So, Right. So I guess maybe that that proves that he could play in against Spurs. We just, we don't know at this at this point. Well, I I would lean more towards what you're saying. He's questionable for the Spurs game uh, on Tuesday night in uh, if I had to pick one, and I'm not saying this like I know anything, um, I, I would guess that he does not play. 
that's just our guess. Uh, on the podcast today, we will update you on the tank standings, and then we'll get into that Kemba Walker story. There is a Charlotte Observer story about Kemba Walker, and so we'll talk about him, and then we'll talk about building around the Mavericks with Kemba Walker, if that's a possibility, and then maybe some other options as well. Um, but before we do that, Isaac, you have a special shout-out to give today to our friend Joe. Joe, shout out, bro. I, I mentioned a couple of people that uh, hollered at me at the game the other night and, and uh, was like, hey, let's, let's meet. Let's take some pictures. And uh, longtime listeners of the pod. And uh, Joe, you're the man. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for uh, hollering at me at the game the other night and being a loyal listener. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you and your girlfriend. And uh, I hope you have a marvelous Tuesday and the Mavs get a win for you tonight. And uh, your girlfriend DM'd the podcast account and said that you would probs die if <laughs> if we shouted you out. So, uh, Joe, hope you're not probs dying. Don't die on us, Joe. Don't Pro- die on us, Probs Joe. with a Z, and it made me laugh really hard. So, shout out, to, shout out to your girlfriend. And shout out to all the girlfriends that reach out to us to give shout outs to their boyfriends. This is, this is now the second time, the third time that this has happened. <laughs> it is. It's it, it's becoming a thing. Yeah, we... Uh, does this it say something about us it. that we will give a shout out if someone else asks for a shout out for someone else? But if someone, if you ask yourself for a shout out for yourself, we will not give it to you. That is that That's is true. just our. That's policy. happened before too. Yeah, it's happened before. But <laughs> and shout out to all the people that tweeted us that said that they are younger than the Mavs sellout streak. Just, oh my gosh, that was great. <laughs> It, no, from, so from here in America, and then we had some people over <laughs> across the pond too, saying, "Hey, I am a, uh, uh, I am younger than the sellout streak." And uh, one guy tweeted us today and said that they, uh, they're picking, they're uh, learning their English uh, using this podcast, Mike. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I really appreciate <laughs> that, bro. But I, you know, I, I got a lot of work to do. I come from a very country part of uh, United States in Kentucky, so. Uh, my grammar's not always the best, but I yeah. roll with it. Shout out to shout out to all the people that are trying to learn English. Listen to this podcast. I, I give give you um, grace, I guess. <laughs> good good luck in your endeavors. Get Rosetta Stone. All right, let's uh, let's look at the tank standings. The Mem- the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are now in the seventh spot. The Mavericks have moved up. We're talking about the tank standings, so when I say up, that means they're technically moving down in the real standings. They move up to sixth with Washington's win. Over the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings, they're just dropping all these games, man. They're three and seven their last ten. That's not a not really good for them. Um so now Dallas has a thirty seven point two percent chance to keep their pick, and that's probably where it will end uh for the Mavericks. Well, I don't think that they could I think they could probably move back. I don't think that they can get past Atlanta. Atlanta's twenty three and forty five, the Mavericks are twenty seven and thirty nine. I don't think hmm. I don't think they'll get getting their percentage will get any higher than that. Right, I'll say yes. that. Yeah. Whether they land there or not, I'm not for sure because when once it gets into the final two or three weeks of the season, there is some um, insane losing tactics that take place. Debauchery. Let's just call it debauchery. That's a word yes. for everyone learning English. Debauchery. It means terrible things. There's some crazy do. stuff that happens. Uh, that last game of the season, don't they play Phoenix? The very last game of the season. They play Memphis or, a couple times too, don't they? Yeah, well, Memphis is yeah a back-to-back game um, thing, but that's that could be, be the tank. Of, I mean, they're they're six and seven right now. That could be the tank of Palooza. the The battle for four point eight percent is what it is. <laughs> is what it's going to be called. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
these these final <laughs> few weeks um yeah the countdown's on until april 12th or 11th pretty much um Man, is there a little part of you that says every time that the Mavericks move up in the tank standings, it's just making it better for Atlanta? No. Giving you're them asking, a better, you're asking them a the wrong pick. person. We're going to get into this whole tank debate again, and you're asking the wrong person when it comes to that. Because winning basketball, I think, does a lot of things in building character and building players. No, no, no. I'm saying every time the Mavericks move up in the lottery standings, doesn't it make you kind of sick that – this is all just going to end with Atlanta getting a better draft pick than they would have if the Mavericks had. You tried a little harder, didn't make these moves. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I know Mavs fans are going to be upset about it when they see stuff. Like if you know, Atlanta walks away at the, like the sixth pick or something, but still, it's just part of it. We got Luka, so there you go. Got Luka and Porzingis. That's, just, that's what you hold on to. So yeah. right now the Mavericks have a 29.8% chance to get number seven and a 20. 0.6% chance to get the eighth pick. So about 50% of their odds are right in that seven and eight spot. And that's where um, Atlanta would have that pick. They have 8.6% chance to get the sixth pick 3.7 to get the ninth. And then, uh, you know, whatever I said, 37.2% to get in the top four and keep their pick. If you, okay, well, okay. This just view the draft pick in lottery night. I know it's going to be very hard, but view it as just the cherry on top because we have Porzingis, we have Luca, we have thirty million in cap space. So even if they go out and they go get a a, a big free agent or grab a couple middle tier guys and bring back Porzingis stuff, like though like that right there is incredible. So just view the draft pick as just bonus, as this icing on the cake. It will uh, ease the heartbreak some if they don't get their pick on lottery night. Uh, but if they do, you're like, oh man, this is awesome too. So that's how I'm trying to view it. And I know once we get close to lottery night, the night before we're going to be all anxious and crossing, we're going to cross our fingers. It, it would definitely help the franchise, but it won't be a catastrophe if they don't get it either. Would you rather get the pick this season or next season? Um... Oh gosh! Um, because next year, uh, next year becomes unprotected. It just becomes the, the Mavericks' well, pick if it doesn't if it conveys this season. Would I rather give it to Atlanta this season or next season? Is that what you're asking right. me? Uh, next season, yeah, yeah. So it's not yeah. a disaster, but it's also not a good thing either. Yeah, because I I fully expect the Mavericks to be uh, a playoff team next year. Yeah, and we're having this weird debate between the two of us where we're like, okay, well, do we do all of our draft profiles before the lottery <laughs> or wait yes. until after the lottery? Because if we don't do all of the draft profiles, then they all just become useless <laughs> if the Mavericks don't keep yes. their pick. <laughs> so yes. we'll probably do them before. <laughs> yes, we probably will. So in the next couple of months, we'll probably do some draft profiles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's pretty wild. So, all right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about Kemba. Isaac, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Nothing beats that that Thursday, Friday, first weekend of March Madness. Filling out a bracket, picking a national champion. Who's your national champion so far? Oh, North Carolina Tar Heels. All day. Such a homer. Predicting first-round upsets are all the above. My bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Isaac, do you think Zion Williamson and his teammates will cement their legacy with Duke and win a title? I think Zion will be back, and I think this will be a super memorable tournament, but I do not think that they will cut down the nets. Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? 
Yes, they will. I think they'll go far. Can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? No, they won't. They're too streaky. If, unlike Isaac, you don't know any of these answers, or even if you do, MyBookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, the multiple bracket guy. Isaac, do you fill out multiple brackets? Oh, I can't tell you how many brackets I fill out. Do you have like an Office Pool one and then an ESPN one and a CBS one? And I have like Yahoo two or three one? on my phone. I have some on my fridge with my wife. We compete. Yeah, I'm all about brackets. MyBookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is they pay out fast when you win. So in like 48 hours, they will pay you out when you win. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash. While you watch your picks cash? Yeah, cash, cash them in. in. Get, watch your picks cash. Cash out. I guess cash is a verb now, right? Yeah, I mean, when I make my correct picks, then I can cash in and get my money through. Yeah. Deposit with MyBookie today with promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a $50 sign-up bonus, or 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA with MyBookie. You you play, you win, you get paid. Go on there, bet games. I don't know what it is overseas, but uh, check it out, MyBookie, promo code LOCKEDONNBA. All right, Isaac, so a report in the Charlotte Observer from Rick Bonnell. He is a Charlotte Hornets reporter. He's been there for a, a while. He had a story today on uh, charlotteobserver.com. The title is, Here's the Biggest Threat to Poach Kimball Walker from the Charlotte Hornets. I like the use of the word poach, but I would like like a a word that works better with hornet because you do not poach hornets, right? No one owns a hornet. You do not. If you take someone's hornets, are you poaching Mm. them? Also, isn't poaching like when you go into a game reserve and you like kill an elephant or something? That's poaching. You kill them? I mean, would would you say capture? or capture swat (laughs) the biggest threat swat kimba away from swat kimba (laughs) to shoe kimba to shoe him you'd shoe a hornet right you'd shoe it away like wave your hand like shoo shoo i ain't trying to shoe i'm trying to kill it but (laughs) but away from the hornets or away from charlotte either way anyway he didn't think about it this title as much as i did just now uh (laughs) The piece starts, threats to sign Campbell Walker away from the Charlotte Hornets this summer? Question mark. Place this team at the top of your list, colon, the Dallas Mavericks, period. Two sources with knowledge of the Mavericks thinking, expect, expect, expect Walker the, (laughs) good luck learning English from us when I'm saying words like expect. That's not a real (laughs) word. Two sources with knowledge of the Mavericks thinking, expect Walker, the Hornets three-time all-star point guard, to be that team's top target when NBA free agency begins July 1. Isaac Harris, are you okay with Kemba Walker being the Mavericks' top target in free agency this summer? Um, you know, it's really interesting because you know, this is um, this guy's report, and he, this is something that he hears, so that's why we're talking about it. Mavs fans are talking about it uh, today on, on Twitter, and some people are debating it. And um, I would say the general fan base right now about that report is like kind of uneasy about it and just – because this natural thing right now is how, what is the fit around Luca? And I'm not going to say here and say that all oh, that's wrong or that's right. Um, I think on a basketball fit wise, Kimba as a number one target, if Kimba's the number one target, that means, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100% that none of the guys above him as free agents are even going to consider Dallas, which a lot is what a lot of people think um, will happen. I mean, 
we've talked about Kevin Durant on this podcast. Uh, we mentioned names like Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, some of these guys. Do we think they're they're going to consider Dallas? We don't know. Do we think Dallas could entertain it or at least try to go after him? We think they'll, they'll at least put a flyer out, make a phone call. Um, so is this this is what we've talked about on this podcast before? Is what is the what is a a bigger name free agent, but is not on the same level of the Kawhi, Clay, Durant, all those guys? And you get into that next level, and Kimba Walker's. Uh, yeah, like yeah, Kimba's in that next kind of big name, uh, you know, level that it looks like Charlotte will probably max him out and give him a big deal, but he's unrestricted. He's not restricted, so he can just leave. And um, so, what will a team be willing to give Kimba? And a team like Dallas that wants to win right now, will they go after him and throw a ton of money? And they can't offer the the fifth year like Charlotte could, but would they throw the four year max at around one forty at Kemba? That's the question, and that's what that's the debate of should they throw that money at Kemba Walker? Before we get to that question, I just want to talk about the the words to be that team's top target. And when you say like top target. It makes me think that it's the number. He's the number one, right? So you, you yeah. say what you just said. All the other guys are are off the table now. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, you know, Kyrie, uh, guys like that are completely off the table. Then that's what it makes it seem when he's the top target. I think the Mavericks are gonna have a bunch of top targets, right? They're they're gonna call yeah. a bunch of team, a bunch of players their top target because, uh, you know, if they get Kawhi, that's Plan A. If they get Kevin Durant, would that be better than getting Kawhi? Um. You know, I like I don't know if they if they get Clay Thompson, that would be that would be a uh, you know a top target, and they would they would come away with their number one guy. You know, they're gonna call him their number one guy if they get any yeah. of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean realistically, if any of those guys call up Cuban or they answer the phone when Dallas calls and says, "Yeah, you know, I, I think I'd entertain it. Well, let's talk." Uh, they're gonna pr- prioritize one of those guys before anybody else. Uh, you know, so. That's the thing. Could he be one of the most realistic targets? If you want to put quotes mm. around realistic, um, maybe, depending on who you talk to. But even then, I think there's still a question about fit and age and money and all that stuff, too. But I also say all that to to try and hopefully temper your expectations and your frustrations, maybe, that just because it says that he's their top target doesn't mean it's Kemba or bust. Doesn't mean that if the Mavericks yeah. go out there in, the, in free agency this summer, it's not like, well, if they're going after Kemba and he's the he's the first guy, he's the perfect perfect fit and all this stuff. And I don't think he's the perfect fit. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of other guys out there that would be a better fit that probably aren't going to be available. But it's not like they're just going after Kemba and only Kemba. This is not like the, um, you know. The Mike Conley summer, <laughs> you know, they're yeah. they're going after Mike Conley. When they don't get Mike Conley, it's just there's nobody left. There are there are a plethora of options and pathways that Dallas can go down this summer, uh, with the trade exception, with the cap space uh, that they'll have to decide on, with um, you know Porzingis and Luca, uh, with with the free agents that are hitting the free agent market, with trades and teams that are looking to dump money and bigger contracts out there uh, with guys that have player options that you can kind of rework some of these DeAndre type of situations last summer that we've handed around with Dragic. And uh, can you convince somebody to opt out of a last year of a player option if you sign them for basically that same amount uh, in a new deal? And there, there's so many different ways Dallas can approach this summer. And they're going to have different 
kind of priorities of making these phone calls, different pathways. So it's, yeah, there's, there is no boom or bust this summer. There are a ton of different options that they can take. What do we think about Kemba's fit with this team and as a top target? We'll put it that way. Just as a top target for the Mavericks. Um, do we can like we do the pros fit? and cons? Yeah, yeah, let's do pros and cons. So pros, he's he's become an awesome three-point shooter. He's been in the three-point contest now three times, and there's a reason for that. This year, I think he's shooting like 35%. But uh, it's it's you know it's league average. But he's been better before, and he came into the league as an awful three three point shooter. I mean, we we I've talked about. I did a story with him about Dennis and Dennis's three point shooting and how he could view Kemba as a pathway to improve. And so he's this guy that has worked really hard to get where he is right now. And uh, a guy like that is somebody that you'd really want a loyal a guy that's loyal loyal to his franchise. Yeah. Now, maybe if he jumps ship and he comes over to the Mavericks, maybe you don't call that guy as loyal, but it seems like uh, he's he, been there for a while. He's been there for a while. He's he's paid his dues. It's not like he tried to jump ship or ask for a trade. He could have done that. He could have done it this year. This year could have been his pre-agency year where yeah. he said he goes does the Anthony Davis thing or the Jimmy Butler thing. Like, hey, I'm going to leave and trade me right now. He didn't do that, and he stayed there. He, he represented his city and his, his team in the All-Star game, and I think he's going to stay in, in Charlotte. That's where I think he ends up. I think that's the team that's going to give him the most money. I don't think the Mavericks will throw him the max amount of money that they could give him. Yeah, I don't think they will either. Uh, but we're we're going to sit here and talk about what you know his fit in Dallas. So uh, pros, because a lot of people want to talk about the cons first. We'll talk about the pros first and then cons second. Uh, he is an excellent pick-and-roll ball handler. He is, um, when you look up Synergy or any of his numbers running the pick-and-roll, he's one of the best players in the league at running the pick-and-roll. Now, obviously, you have Luka Doncic, and you're like, okay, well, if Kimba's playing, uh, if he's running the pick-and-roll, where's Luka? Why doesn't Luka have the ball in his hand? I get that. I get that uh, comment, but something that a lot of us threw out there before before Dennis got traded was, man, are they ever going to run a Dennis and Luka pick-and-roll? You know, like could they could they run that? What would that it's like look the like? Steph, KD pick and roll that everyone was yeah, calling man. for forever. Yes, I mean that would be a lot of fun. And so Kimba is uh, he can run that really well. Um, the three point shooting you talked about, like the past couple years, he was at thirty nine, thirty eight. Right now, I think he's at like thirty five or thirty six. Uh, but he's also shooting like two a game, two more a game. So he's I think he's shooting like nine or ten threes a game right now. Um, which is a, a little bump up than what he used to. You can imagine if he played alongside Luca uh, that uh, more of those threes <laughs> would be open threes compared to probably a lot of his threes right now are uh, kind of him creating and because since they don't really have another creator, have, uh, have we uh, ever seen Kemba Walker with another creator? No, and that's that. That's one of the things, and, and this kind of leads into my, my next thing. Rick Carlisle's system's built for two ball handlers. This is something he's wanted. This was the whole... Think about all of the arguments in which people talked about why Dennis and Luka could fit, and bam, there you go. That is your argument for Kemba and Luka fitting. Except Kemba can is a much better scorer right now than Dennis is in his career, and he can shoot the ball from the outside. You need... These guys need uh, these secondary ball handlers. You need another ball. Like the other night when, when or um, yes, on Sunday against the Rockets game, and, and Rick said, you know what? I trusted my two best playmakers on the floor, Luka and Jalen, to go get me a, a bucket yeah. for the last basket of the game. Okay, you need those two guys. And replace Jalen Brunson with Kimball Walker in this scenario. So he needs another guy. And I know I fall into this trap too. This is what I, I want to say to fans. I fall into this trap of saying, Luke is our point guard. You just need to surround him with three and D guys. 
he needs another person that can at least handle the ball some. <laughs> you can't surround him with four other Danny Greens and say, here you go. Like you, He needs that I would guy. like to see the Luka and four Danny Greens team play, actually. <laughs> can we see that? Okay, think about this. Think about LeBron and Giannis, okay? Think about um, – let's talk about Giannis first. Giannis in, his, in the season this year, they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're probably going to be the number one seed. Who is right now when people talk about the playoffs? Who is the one player in which people say, "Man, that's the whole, that's the key to their playoffs," right, right there? For who the would bo- you say for the box? Yeah, outside of Giannis, Bra- uh, Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe, because they because he has taken on that uh, that that secondary playmaker type of role. He goes and gets buckets. He runs. Uh, he can you can run some offense through him right now. He's playing really well. So that's you look at, and this is what I want to bring up. You look at LeBron. Over his past two stints, you look at Cleveland, you look at Miami. You look at Cleveland, he had Kyrie Irving. You look at in Miami, he had Dwayne Wade. He had a secondary playmaker that can say, "Hey, go get me another bucket." You can play off of each other. It ha- like that is just you. You need another guy like that. In Cleveland before that, he had Booby Gibson. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay, can I take it a step further? Let's uh let's take a break. When we come back, Isaac will take it a step further. <laughs> I don't know where he's stepping, but he is stepping. All right, Isaac, step on. Okay, I want to take a step further. Is there a world in which you could create that Miami type of roster, but with this Dallas squad? With no. Luca being LeBron, no. with Chris Bosch being Porzingis. No. No, 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 I'm just saying. Just, and you, you, you find you try to find your uh, Mario Chalmers being your Brunson slash Dorian Finney-Smith, a guy that's your role player. He plays in between. You know, he, he's your kind of glue person. Hit an open three. You ask Jaylen, Chris. Jalen Brunson is very different as a person than Mario Chalmers. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm just th- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking lineup type yeah, type yeah. of situation. And then in that if you go that heat route, you find another like big that can play with Porzingis. If you if if we're just fitting them into roles like that Miami squad, in that scenario, you try to find your Dwayne Wade that can another playmaker on the wing that can play alongside Luca, or look at the other direction, L- look at the Cleveland si- situation when they won their title, and I know Kevin Love, you know he, he take he took a little bit of dip, but like put Porzingis in that Kevin Love thing, and man, I thought of this and I started laughing. Is Tim Hardaway Jr. not our J.R. Smith? <laughs> <laughs> like less Henny, I think. But like that, that's like you, Tim Hardaway plays less the Jarrell Smith role, and in that scenario, that's when you look at if they go out and get like a point guard type of like a Kimball Walker type, like a Goran Dragic type, a, a, a smaller point guard type of secondary ball handler type. So that's it's those type of teams when you look at and i know people are saying lebron's you know one of the best players i I get that but luka is so unique that you have to look at teams that have been built around a lebron type a Giannis type and see how they built these squads around them and i think that's really what you got to look at uh with with luka moving forward it's not just shooters you need shooters that can put the ball on the on the floor too we saw that with wesley matthews we saw we're seeing that a little bit with tim Hardaway jr now you need those guys just to shoot but you need another guy that can handle the ball also yeah and at certain points they were asking wesley matthews to be that guy and we've we've seen over and over and over again why you don't want that guy to be that guy (laughs) yeah specifically um the the comparison with 
with LeBron and Wade kind of works with their roles, but they were just such good defensive players, those two, that it, it worked that way. Now, Luka and, and, and Walker would be much better you know, shooters than those guys, but defensively, that, that's how they made it work. Because Like if you went the Kimba route, you'd have to lean Cleveland. Like you'd have to lean kind of Cleveland way with like Kyrie Kimba type of thing, LeBron, Luca, right. Tim Hardaway, J.R. Smith, uh, Kevin. Porzingis, Kevin Love, and then you try to find your like Tristan Thompson uh, center a guy that can Maxie play along. Definitely do what Tristan Thompson does. Yeah, yeah, Maxi or a rebounder, you, I guess. But. Yeah, you or you go out and try to find more of a, a a banging like low post rebounder type. Right. So I think that the the Cleveland one works a little bit better, but. Uh, for Kimba, yes. You're still you're still looking at the idea of you're just building around three guys that are taking up the majority of your cap. Uh, right now, Luca is not doing that, which is which is awesome. He's only going to be like eight million next year, something like that, because he was a high pick. Um, but but yeah, you're looking. At, that's kind of what you're looking at with the with that kind of team. How do you build a team around guys that that take all the all the cap space? Which is a good problem to have. Good problem to have stars. And, uh, and that's what that's what the Luca stuff is. It's kind of there's pressure right now, but it's not the highest pressure that it could be. Like if we're in this scenario, if we're in this situation five years from now, there's definitely more pressure then because whatever they go out and do this off season, no matter if they go out and hand, um, if they trade for Mike Conley or they hand Kimball Walker 30 plus million a year or, you know, whatever it is. And the fan base is screaming and let's say they're so mad that they, you know, handed somebody a ton of money. Even if that contract is four years, you're still looking at Luca and Porzingis being super young. You still got time to correct that and to fix it and to, you know, keep building team and all that stuff. So whatever they hand out this summer, it's not a, oh my gosh, this is just going to sink. If, if this doesn't work out, it's just going to, it's going to ruin everything. That's not going to case not, not going to be the case. So that's why I'm like, that's why we were kind of, when we, when people were talking about Mike Conley, we were okay with trading for Mike Conley because yeah, you're going to pay him 30 something million in the next couple of years, but Luke is still going to be super young, even when his number comes off the books. And yeah. So you want to talk about cons with Kemba? Let's do Kemba cons. Um, defend defense. The Mavericks need somebody to defend somebody. Yeah, so, okay, now we're going to switch gears. Some people listening to this pod, I'm like, man, you're all in favor of Kimba being a Maverick. I'm not, like, completely opposed to it, but I'm not, I'm not going to be Get on ready. the front Get ready, we're about to rip cheering. him for, like, a solid four minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, in a perfect world, you would want that secondary, you know, ball handler to also be somebody that can play um, above average defense, too. Now, I will say this. Kimba is not a um, – he's not – James Harden three years ago. He's not somebody that he's not horrible. It's just his size. You think about Dennis. When people talked about Dennis being so small and playing point guard alongside uh, Luca, Dennis is six, three Kimba six, one. So Kimba's a, a few inches shorter than Dennis. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't do a bad job against smaller type of point guards. It's just when you play these bigger guys, like the Russell Westbrook's of the world or um, teams, when you get into, um, I know the Bucks have like Bledsoe, but when you get into some of these teams that run a lot of uh, bigger uh, guards, uh, you, you play against somebody like Dinwiddie. You know, Dinwiddie's going to post up, you know, Kemba and shoot right over him. So that's where his size comes in, comes into play, and in that would be you would have to try to account for not only Kemba's, but um, sorry to say this again, but 
Lucas not the greatest defender in the world. Well, how dare um, you? So, so them two, you know, trying to, you know, you'd have to game plan off both of them. Yes, that that is that is what you'd have to do. Uh, Kemba is also going to be 29, and so if you gave him yeah. the four-year deal that you're able to give him, then by the end of that, he's going to be 33. And that's not ideal. However, it's not too bad. Like, 33 is just the end of a, a guard's prime, especially a small guard like Kemba. And he'll still be able to shoot, still be able to play make. He just won't be as good. Um, but then it goes back to the defense. Do you want a 33-year-old guard and Luka in, like, his fourth, fifth year – it's not you know it's not, it's not who you want taking yeah. up the majority of your of your cap, and yeah, that's the biggest kicker of all of it, and that's why if you're sitting there saying, "Oh, Isaac, should we do this?" Uh, I would and probably lean towards no, but it just it all depends on the options. Uh, it, I wouldn't go into it this being my first option, you know, or even first option after those first guys are gone. Uh, of saying, "Hey, Kimba, we'll hand you four year uh, max money, and at thirty three years old, you're paying him thirty what six million, thirty seven million. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I think their ma- the Mavericks max would be four years over one forty, something like that. So, um, is it ideal? No, but that that's the biggest thing. In a perfect world, could, if you could get Kimba, uh, if you could get Kimba for two year, like two year big deal, sure, let's do it. You know, like the same thing concept of Mike Conley. Except Conley plays better defense, but um, do we both agree that the Kemba thing is? I'm not 100% saying get it out of here. I don't even want to consider it, but I'm not saying let's yeah let's go do it either. Yeah, this is they signed Kemba. We could we could talk ourselves into him in one podcast, right? Like, like we would oh for sure by the end of it we we'd be excited for it. We'd be on board. But, As a human being, he'd be a heck of yes, a fun exactly. person to cover, and he would be super fun. Um, whatever you want, it's all about priorities and where you are on the list. If you strike out with all those guys, and even looking at some of your other options, and you miss out on guys like Middleton, and um, let's just say you know we're not um, 100% all in on Vucevic being the main target, but let's say Vucevic goes somewhere else or stays in Orlando, and a lot of these big names are off the market and you're like, you know what? If it takes three years, 35 million a year, you know, to get Kemba here in, in Dallas and and roll with Kemba and Porzingis and Luca, um, sign me up. You know, I, I would sell you on that. So it's all about how far down the list that you go. You know, if it's first option, no, I'm not on board with that. Uh, but if it's, you know, if you're going getting on down there, you don't have a ton of options left, and Kimba's willing, and that definitely makes you a playoff team, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. we we talked about how just Luca and Porzingis themselves could make the Mavericks playoff team. Yes. So especially if you brought back Dorian and Maxie and stuff on top of that, and um, yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. So we're not super we're not super into it. We're interested in the idea. Um, but we think that this report is probably true. The Mavericks are probably going to target Kemba Walker. Uh, not necessarily that their top, top target, but he will be one of their top targets. And uh, we'll see how it is going forward. It'll be, this summer but uh, be but our, predi- our prediction for that is probably the same. You mentioned it earlier on the pod, is that uh, I would assume very quickly uh, that he signs a massive deal in Charlotte. I mean, Michael Jordan, is, I think he said it in his piece, he, he hasn't shot away. He, he signed Nick Batum. Kimba's been their guy, and unless Kimba waits back and says, "I want to see what Kyrie and you know a couple of these guys do," and if New York's willing to throw that money at him, if they miss out on Kyrie, all the different you stuff. You saying but, that Michael Jordan signing Nick Batum is to me that's a reason Kemba should leave. <laughs> no, no, 
I'm saying he he was willing to to throw out money like that. Right. So right. yeah, he's willing, but should Kemba be willing? Because Kemba you, be willing you to see stay a lot... for a guy that pays for those guys and has to. Man. Well, what's crazy is if Kemba makes All NBA, which we both think he will, right? No, no, no I'm with Brad Beal. Well, I I think that Kemp. I don't know. I'm back. And okay, forth. if he makes All NBA, I'm pretty sure that pushes him over 200 million for that max. He'd be available. Contract. He'd be eligible for the the DVE, right? Designated Veterans Extension. I think so. And so, if that's the, the case, if Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan says, "Hey, we'll give you two hundred million uh, for uh, five years," call it, then call it, in. it. Uh, But that's the thing. A lot of national people right now are saying, "Man, if you're Charlotte, don't give him that money." I wouldn't give you know Kimba Max money. Um, but all it takes, like we said a thousand times, it takes one team to say, "You know what? I want to take the next step. I want to push towards the playoffs." And if Charlotte says, "We're not going to give you that max deal." And somebody like Phoenix, or somebody says we'll get. I don't even know Phoenix's cap this summer, but imagine the uh, the Hornets giving. This is such a Hornets thing to do to be giving a thirty five year old Kemba Walker forty seven million a year. <laughs> anyway, all right, there you go. That's locked on Mavs today. We talked about Kemba. We'll be back tomorrow after the uh, the Spurs game. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>